Welcome to Only Planners in the Building, a podcast by the Illinois Chapter of the American Planning Association. This podcast is a chance for us, the planners, designers, communicators, and collaborators in this wonderful state of Illinois to connect with one another. Let's talk about the wins, the not quite wins, and the lessons we learn along the way that bring us all closer together and help us be better at the jobs we do. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Only Planners in the Building podcast. I'm Andy Cross, and I'm excited to share a wonderful interview with you in this month's episode. But first, a quick note. We took a bit of a break over the holidays to do some of that end-of-year cleaning and organization. We have some great plans and ideas for the podcast, including staying on more of a monthly release schedule to help you learn about and virtually meet fellow planners around Illinois. For this month's episode, we're taking a dive into the State Chapter's Annual Awards Program, and specifically, the winner of the 2022 Daniel Burnham Award for a Comprehensive Plan. It was the 2022 Comp Plan for the City of West Chicago. Before we kick things off, I gotta let you know that we're not actually going to hear from the City of West Chicago in this discussion. I realize how deficient this is for a conversation of this nature, and the fault lies with nobody other than your humble host. It is my sincere hope that we will connect with the city's Director of Community Development, Mr. Tom Daybriner, in the near future. In the meantime, it is my pleasure to share my discussion with Sarah Egan, Planner and Landscape Architect at the Design Workshop, who is the Chair of the Chapter's Awards Committee, and Courtney Kashima, President of Muse and the team that collaborated with the City of West Chicago on this award-winning plan. So without further ado, please enjoy the interview. Hello, and I would like to welcome to our virtual roundtable, Ms. Courtney Kashima and Sarah Egan. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thanks. Great, thanks. All right. And uh, where are you guys recording from? Are you guys home in the office? So we are on what I think is going to be a permanent hybrid schedule, three days in office, two days work from home. So today I'm working from home from the lovely neighborhood of Bucktown. Awesome. All right. What about you, Sarah? Same actual arrangement at Design Workshop. We're three days in the office and two days from home. So I'm taking advantage of that today as well. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, so excited to have you guys here to talk about the uh, the Daniel Burnham Comprehensive Plan Award winner for 2022. Um, Courtney, we'll kind of start with you. Um, you know, you, uh, you of course, work uh, and you're the president of Muse. It was your team that collaborated with the city to produce this wonderful plan. So I'd love to talk to you about that. Before we do, let's get to know Courtney Kashima a little more. Um, I would love to hear about your path into planning, how you ended up where you are. I mean, we've been friends for a number of years. I've seen you work for the, some different organizations. That's really cool. I've always admired that about you. Before we do that, let's do a fun icebreaker. Many of you enjoy the Gov Love podcast as much as I do, and I love the way they do icebreakers. Courtney, what is your most controversial non-political opinion? I have so many, it's hard to choose <laughs> just one. Um, but I'll go with the first one that came to mind, and that is Trader Joe's is overrated. Oh, wow. Wow. That's that's 
somebody can get in trouble for that being you know saying that in public overrated <laughs> that's good even now even the, the even the the four buck chuck I just, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, that sounds like my kind of place. So I went and I thought I'd, you know, spend a couple hundred dollars on all their goodies. And it just, I am not their target market, I think, because I like to cook Mm -hmm. and a lot of their things are sort of convenience-based. So I probably should give them another try. But right now, I I haven't been in years and don't plan to go. That's awesome. That's uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, all right. So uh, please walk us through your pathway into planning. Uh, you know, um, yeah, you're uh, from the region. Walk us through it. Yeah, mine's a little different than most. I feel like a lot of people sort of discover planning later in life and perhaps pursue a master's degree or get a job that leads them towards um, a planning career. What happened was when I was in high school, my stepdad was appointed to fill a city council vacancy in my hometown of Galesburg, Illinois. And it really made me aware of how much say local government has over your life, right? Like how tall your fence can be and whether or not you need a permit to put a shed in your backyard. And also there was a controversial um, development proposal next to our neighborhood My stepdad voted his conscience. A lot of neighbors disagreed with him. I think it was, you know, not original in terms of nimbyism against um, affordable housing. So he lost a lot of friends, but I was really proud of him. um, And that really influenced my decision. I was already planning to go to the University of Illinois, but as an art history major. So my very first semester, I took planning 101 and immediately switched and have been a planner ever since. Love it. That's great. And how long have you been practicing uh, in the Chicago area? Did you work anywhere else right out of college? And where did you do your internship? That wonderful step we can all look back on. (laughs) So in undergrad, I did do a summer internship with the city of Galesburg, and that really cemented my interest. Um, This will really date me, but most of my job was data entry of all the zoning board of appeals cases because they were getting their first GIS. And I didn't mind that it was grunt work because I got to sharpen my skills with Microsoft Access and be part of um, GIS, which was, you know, a nascent technology at the time. I also got to sit at the front counter and hear the questions people asked. And as I uh, got more familiar, I could answer them and help them. So that was a really great place to start. When I graduated, I was willing to go anywhere because why not, you know, and I didn't get a job until um, the fall after I had graduated. Uh, And that job was with Allen County, Indiana, which is where Fort Wayne is. And I was one of three people who staffed the plan commission. And at that time, uh, development was hopping. We would review everything from Amish pole barns to like power centers and 100 lot subdivision. So what a great place to get exposed to the full realm of development approvals and code interpretation. Um, I had a wonderful mentor there, Kim Bowman, who I will always be grateful towards for kind of leading me uh, in my early days. And then having a master's degree was always a personal goal of mine. So after a couple of years in Allen County, I did move to Chicago to pursue the MUP degree at UIC, where I made fabulous friends and 
have really been in Chicago ever since, except um, one year immediately after grad school, I worked in Shanghai, China for a year. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk about the West Chicago plan. Uh, how did the team from, or really when, give us a time frame when the Muse team worked on this. Well, I want to share something that I think is important for people to hear. Well, just to set the stage, you know, I did decide to open my own firm after having worked in the field for about 15, um, 15 years. And I thought having a good reputation and having served, you know, as president of APA Illinois would be enough. But I found that people are a bit skittish with a new firm. And so I went through this phase where it felt like always a bridesmaid, never a bride. We would interview for a project, uh, which is an important first step, right? First, you submit a proposal, then you get an interview. And the feedback consistently was, oh, we loved your fresh approach, your new ideas, but we're going to go with the usual guys. And it was so frustrating. Um, and I would say, you know, if a I love bad sports analogies because I'm not a sports fan, so you're going to get one. If a baseball player, you know, moves from the Cubs to the Yankees, he doesn't forget how to play first base. And so it was like, I still know stuff and I believe people know that I know stuff, but they were just like, ooh, a new firm. We don't know what to do with that. But finally, finally, we won a comprehensive plan project. And I am grateful to Tom Daybriner to see that we were the right team for the job. So this was our first comp plan and it's a winner. But back to the timeline question, we did we were awarded this contract late summer of 2020. So it was very much a moment of like, okay, how are we gonna do engagement during a pandemic? They had not had a comp plan for I think 20, 25 years. Mm -hmm. And West Chicago is a special place for many reasons, but 53% um, of West Chicagoans speak Spanish at home. And many people in the community recognize there's a bit of a, of a division um, and wanted to do something about it. So that really guided our approach to the project. Got it. And uh, that was on the tail end of the pandemic. So you certainly had uh, that to contend with as well. Yeah, when we started, it was still relatively new, right? So as you're trying to make decisions about in-person or hybrid or virtual and West Chicago was hit harder and longer than other places. So, you know, being nimble and flexible and trying to do the best you can under the, under the circumstances was definitely something we were committed to. Cool. Uh, community engagement and outreach is an essential part of any planning process like this. Can you describe for us some of the highlights of the community engagement process that you had to go through, especially given the, uh, the, uh, the very unique uh, and interesting demographics? First and foremost, um, at Muse, we wholly reject Google Translate as a sufficient form of, you know, communicating things. Um, so I hope people really get with that because it's just not perhaps you start there but it is not sufficient and that was one of the reasons uh, we were selected for this project we have planners who speak spanish who take word choice and translation very seriously because um, you know for people who don't speak another language you might not think about it but be able to relate to this idea like 
different places use different terminology. So there's more than word, one word for comprehensive plan. There's more than one word for sidewalk. And so we took that very seriously and made sure that we were being jargon-free in both languages. And um, if there was a moment where we didn't get it right, we would backtrack, pivot, do it again. How interesting. Uh, neat to see how you address those challenges. That's really cool. Um, and as you went through this engagement process, what did you find were some uh, key issues or concerns that arose uh, in this community as compared to others you've worked in throughout your career? Yeah, I would say that's something else that kept us excited about the project. And that is sometimes you have to think beyond the scope. Okay, so there's a traditional comp plan, as we all know. But maybe the traditional way of doing it isn't relevant. And so we heard a lot of issues with like trust with the city government. And some of that relates to immigration status or cultural differences, right? So um, we tried to respect that, honor it, bring some of those ideas in if that's what we heard, even though that might not be in your traditional comp plan. Interesting. Um, the uh, for our listeners, the the complete document is uh, you know is is done and is available on the city of West Chicago's website. It's really very easy to find, and it's a wonderfully uh, designed document. It's uh, it reads very easily, um, you know, it's very well composed and uh, and is well designed. So I want to compliment you and your team on that. Uh, as you reflect on the finished document, are there any parts of the plan that you're especially proud of uh, that really felt like home runs? That's a great question. So the first one that comes to mind is, you know, I've been drafting, writing, interpreting, working with comp plans for over 20 years. And it occurred to me that we don't do, we do a disservice to those who have to administer the plan if we don't take the implementation section seriously. So I'm glad the city was open to this idea that when you're talking about recommendations, there's really at least two buckets. One is policies. And I define that as sort of evergreen, right? Like this is our policy on sidewalks. This is our policy on housing affordability. They really don't go away. They might be tweaked or things like that versus strategies. And those are something I think you could cross off and move on from. And so even a small nuance like that, where we're dividing recommendations into those two very different things, I think um, the staff and decision makers will appreciate when it's time to evaluate a development pro proposal, for example, or pursue grant funding for something. I love it. I love it. Did you, uh, thinking about the stakeholder process, uh, was it fairly straightforward? Do you feel like you were able to get momentum with building stakeholder groups in some of those initial interviews and discussions with the community? I think the answer is no and yes, <laughs> meaning it wasn't easy. And I really hope people who write RFPs and budget for them start to take into consideration that if you say you want equitable and inclusive engagement, that takes time, which means it costs money. There's not a way to do equitable and inclusive engagement quickly or cheaply. It's just 
not going to happen. So if you really mean it, please budget for it. Um, so we had a strategy of reaching out to trusted partners, really doing sort of a snowball recruiting or um, or relational recruiting to get to everyday West Chicagoans and find out what they wanted to see for their city. So it wasn't easy, but we were successful. It just takes time. You have to be flexible and nimble and willing to listen and earnestly try to address what people bring up, whether or not it's a quote unquote planning issue, right? At least funnel those um, comments to mm-hmm. someone who can do something about it. That's great. Courtney, that sounds awesome. Thank you for sharing those wonderful stories of the city of West Chicago's Adelante comprehensive plan. Um, and a very sincere congratulations on your award. And uh, and especially meaningful for you and the uh, and the Muse team because it's uh, not only your first comprehensive plan but uh, the the first uh, the first award and I have a feeling the first of more to come. So congratulations! Oh, thanks so much. It means a lot to be able to talk about it. All right. Well, Sarah, um, let's uh, let's talk about your role. Um, won't you please uh, introduce yourself to the group and uh, tell us? Um, Yes, tell us your most controversial non-political opinion. Well, excuse me, what's funny is uh, mine is also food related. um, And I agree with Courtney, I probably have many, my sisters could tell you that. But um, the one that for some reason popped into my head um, is mayonnaise. I am one that feels mayonnaise belongs in probably more places than it should um, because I was raised in the Midwest. And my first job out of grad school, I moved out to Colorado. Um, and in a place where I was the only Midwesterner for some time, and there was a lot of judgment around mayonnaise. So Ooh. I'm happy to be back in the Midwest and I'm embracing it. That and is good. As my mother would be so proud. That is excellent. Now, have you experienced a situation of too much mayonnaise on a, uh, on a BLT? You know, um, <clears throat> there's a thing about Subway. You really gotta, you really gotta, you gotta guide them, right? They get a little crazy with those squeezy tubes. So that's, I'd say, that's my only experience where it's been like, okay, that's that's yeah. over. That's yeah, there, there can be too much of a good thing. There, yeah. there, there absolutely can be. But I'm with you on the mayo, definitely. All right. Well, uh, so happy you could join us here on the podcast. Won't you please tell us a bit about your pathway into planning? Sure. So my pathway into planning is really through the physical design approach. So um, my undergrad is in landscape architecture. And I, I realized right away, um, I felt limited um, in what I could affect as as a designer, um, if I focused just specifically on landscape architecture. Um, so I went back to grad school shortly after graduating undergrad, I went to Illinois for both um, UIUC. Um, and yeah, just dove back into planning. And originally, um, my scope was really big, right? You're young and you're like, you know, I want to save the world. And I was Absolutely. thinking about NGOs and I was thinking about working internationally. And I had some great international experience in my undergrad and really wanted to explore that. Um, but about six months into my master's, um, well, this will date me as well, Courtney noted. Um, so uh, Katrina happened when I was in grad school. So it really made me rethink how I wanted to impact the world um, and where I really wanted to focus planning and really made me kind of reproject my focus on um, 
on the U.S. and where I could really serve a better role at home. I realized we have a lot of our own problems that we need to solve. And um, yeah, just refocused at that point. And I wanted to find a path and planning that um, could combine design. So that's why where I'm at now is a good a good fit for me. Um, I get to do a little both. Wow, perfect. That's great. And uh, you are the chair, as we mentioned earlier, of the awards committee with the Illinois chapter of the APA. I want you to tell us a little bit about that role, how you got involved, and uh, kind of what it what it involves. Sure. So I had served on the jury in the past, um, and I really enjoyed it. It's a great way to meet other planners and kind of understand how your work and your approach and um, your accomplishments fit in with some of the best planning in the state. Um, and so it's a great experience. Um, the chair last year um, invited me to serve as chair this year. Um, what they typically do is they establish a co-chair in their first year, and then that co-chair becomes chair the following year, and they serve for two years. Um, so this is my first year. Um, the okay. jury itself is typically comprised of about seven to 10 planners. Um, and we try to make sure the jury is diverse um, by all definitions. So representative um, of a range of experience, um, as well as representation from across Illinois, um, and of course, demographic as well. Um, and I would think different types of planning expertise. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So we, we want to make sure there's transportation planners, comp plan, you know, physical planners. I mean, it's it's across the board um, in terms of the type of work. Um, as, as you know, it's so broad. So we try to make sure that um, our experience is representative of kind of all paths of planning. Excellent. Uh, so walk us through the process of curating the awards program every year. Uh, how long first, how long will you serve as the chair? Two years. Okay. Two years. So you're good. You get some momentum. And so you saw it as the vice chair for a bit, and now you've run it once and you'll run it again. Kind of walk us through the process of how the uh, statewide awards program works. Sure. Well, this year we made some um, pretty big changes to the criteria. We really wanted to make sure that the criteria aligned with national mm -hmm. awards. So, um, you know, every state has um, the, you know, the option to essentially create their own um, criteria and their own project categories. Um, but we we decided this year to be strategic to really set up the award winners for submitting for national awards. Um, so we hope that the award winners winners will consider doing that. Um, and so the criteria really changed quite a bit this year. Um, but um, essentially the process is, you know, once once we do the call for submissions, um, the submissions are typically due sometime in early uh, summer. Um, they're then reviewed and scored by the jurors based on those set criteria. Um, and this is really just the quantitative exercise. So this is this is the part where we just kind of get our head into the criteria and it 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 includes reviewing letters of support, the actual plans themselves, and then the submission narrative itself. So it's quite a bit of of reading and review. Um, but the the initial kind of quantitative exercise um, really kind of helps us facilitate the qualitative discussion that follows. And we really see a lot of value in those qualitative discussions between the jurors. Um, usually there's two to three sessions with the jurors to kind of debate and discuss based on those those initial scorings. Wow. And how many submissions have you seen come in over the, the years that you've been involved? So this year we had 18, okay. um, which was a small increase from the year prior. I don't remember exactly what that number was. Um, but I think the, the jury and those that have served in the past felt like that was a good a good number. 
Good. Somewhere around somewhere around 20 is, is the target. And remind us of the categories of the awards, won't you, Sarah? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so, of course, there's the Daniel Burnham Award for Comp Plan. There's the Strategic Plan Award. Um, the Strategic Plan Award is really kind of broadly defined. So that can include a number of different types of plans, you know, corridor plans, sub-area plans, things like that. Um, we have the Best Practice Award, which is really just... Um, you know, uh, well, it's it's broad in its definition, but it it, it is largely based on um, not a project per se itself, but maybe a process or a tool. Um, it, it might it may also be a project that just is representative of the the way the planners um, should be doing our work and really kind of sets the bar. Um, we have um, the Advancing Diversity and Social Change Award, and then. Um, we have the Healthy and Active Community Award. Um, this year we did add a new award. We got a little creative with our categories and we added in um, the uh, an award that was, it's focused on celebrating the incorporation of, of historic exploration in planning. So either looking at previous plans or really incorporating maybe an original plan for something, you know, reinvigorating an old plan or discovering the history of a place or how it was used or maybe something took place there that was significant. Um, maybe it's an educational program that's, you know, educating the community about the history of a place. So kind of trying to um, to bring in some some new flair to the awards sure. categories. Okay. And then I do want to talk about West Chicago, but let's close the loop on this or tie this knot. Uh, if anyone were interested in serving on the awards committee uh, for the state chapter, how could they get involved? Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. We always want new perspectives on the jury and we're really looking for new participation for next year. Um, they would do that by either con uh, contacting Paula Freeze um, or myself, um, which is awards at uh, IllinoisAPA.org. It's ILAPA.org. Yeah clarify that hopefully but um yeah we would love new participation um in the past the requirement has been that um jurors are certified planners so aicp planners okay good all right well let's talk about the west chicago award here uh, as we uh, as we kind of wrap up this discussion uh can you please tell us what you feel stood out about the west chicago plan this year and maybe some you know discussion points among the jurors if you can remember i realize it was a little while ago but no, no problem. I, I pulled the notes actually from um, the discussions around this category. So I can accurately describe to you what stood out uh, to the jury. Um, Courtney talked a lot about engagement and um, the entry and the plan itself. The entry thoughtfully explains how outreach was conducted to populations that typically don't get included. So obviously Courtney touched on that, you know, really meeting them where they are and establishing those trusted partnerships and relationships. Um, and the fact that the plan was fully um, translated um, to Spanish, as well as the outreach and engagement itself with the bilingual team at Muse was really um, outstanding, um, especially in the context of COVID. Um, okay. In addition to that, there was a focus on youth engagement um, and the way they did that. Um, I think was really appreciated. There was letters of support um, from those that participated. Um, you know, we're planning for the future. This is what we do. We're planners. And the future is the young people in these communities. And most communities are really concerned with um, keeping their young people in place. And so um, I, we, we really felt like the youth engagement was um, was great in this effort. Um, in addition, they had what they called action kits um, that raised awareness around planning throughout the community. 
Um, just so many just kind of little tidbits that that other planners can take from this process um, and, and emulate uh, in their plans. That's... I have more if you'd like me to go on. <laughs> now, I think that gives us a uh, I think that gives us a a, a great idea. Uh, Courtney, tell us about these action kits. That sounds really interesting. So in our proposal, we talked about a companion document to the plan. And we weren't sure what it might look like, but by the end, it became clear. So after listening to a lot of feedback during um, engagement activities, we realized there were a lot of perceived or real barriers in just general civic participation. Now, West Chicago is a very special place, and there's a lot of civic participation by certain groups. So when we it was time to develop what the companion document might look like, we decided to do a cute sort of quarter-sized foldable on thick paper action kit and very rich with graphics and really talking about how to get involved. So even things like starting a block party or um, coordinating a bike ride community gardens. And so it really is sort of this gateway to the plan itself. Uh, so we ran many copies of those and they are also in English and Spanish and put them in libraries and in city hall. Um, and people did react very positively to them. How neat. What a, what a, a neat idea. And, uh in the uh, opening pages of the comprehensive plan, there's a brief description of them if anybody's curious. And again, uh, this plan can be downloaded from the city of West Chicago's website. Well, Sarah and Courtney, thank you so much for spending some time with me here today and with the planners of Illinois to talk about this award-winning plan. It's been an honor. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If anybody wants to reach out, Courtney, let's go you first. I know you're uh, active on LinkedIn. And um, and uh, Muse has a website too. What is that? MuseCommunityDesign.com. And on the various social media, you know, it's your, your preferred handle isn't always available, but some variation of planning Muse, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and either me or the firm on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Sarah, how can people reach out to you if they want to talk awards, planning, anything like that? Absolutely. So Design Workshop is on all of the social media handles as well. The, the website is designworkshop.com. Um, I can be found on LinkedIn as well um, or through the Illinois uh, APA uh, email address noted earlier. That's right. It is awards at ilapa org I-L-A-P-A.org. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. You guys, thanks so much. I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. That was a fun discussion. Thanks again to Sarah and Courtney for sharing their thoughts and experience. The next segment of this episode is updates from the executive director, or as we like to call it, the deep freeze. That's a hard introduction to follow up, Andy. Hey everyone, Paula Freeze here, APA IL executive director. As we start 2023, we are also starting new board and committee chair terms. I'd like to give a warm welcome to these new directors and committee chairs. President-elect, Stephanie Brown. Secretary, Gabby Mattingly. Treasurer, Glenn Cole. DEI Officer, Enrique Castillo. Professional Development Officer, Andy Cross. At the Illinois State Section, we welcome Training Coordinator, Kristen Harden. 
and the Chicago Metro section has a new director, Justin Keller, assistant director, Valerie Bersen, secretary, Samantha Lenick, and treasurer, James Harris. We also welcome Professional Development Committee co-chairs, Colleen Malik and Jessica Gall, and a newly elected University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign student representative, Kayla Baldwin. I would be remiss if I didn't also thank the members whose time on our state and section boards have come to a close. Please enjoy all your free time, Christina Bader, Emily Egan, Kimberly Morris, Roya Nasiapur, Brandon Nolan, Kalindi Parikh, Jake Side, and Jessica Wetzel. I have enjoyed working with each of you and truly appreciate the work you have put into the chapter. The planning profession in Illinois is a better place than when you started. Members are what makes this association so successful. So please consider giving back to the profession. As Sarah said during the interview, if you are interested in volunteering with the awards committee or any other chapter committees, please reach out to me at admin at ilapa.org. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. And a big thank you to Sarah Egan with Design Workshop, Courtney Kashima, AICP, and of course, our Executive Director, Paula Fries, for joining me today. And a big shout out to Phil Green, Transportation and Long Range Planner for the Village of Hoffman Estates, for his assistance in bringing this podcast to life. Couldn't do it without you, pal. I'm Andy Cross, Senior Associate with the Lakota Group up here in Chicago, and I'll see you next time. Only Planners in the Building is a production of the Illinois chapter of the American Planning Association, hosted by Andy Cross, AICP, and produced by Phil Green. This podcast is made possible by our 2022 to 2023 sponsors, with a special thanks to our Tier 1 sponsors, WSP and Halcyon Levine. Visit www.ilapa.org for more information on our sponsors and all of our programming.